0: Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose driven, impact filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. Okay, this is Alan Blaine, and I am super excited to interview our special guest today, Ben Taves. Ben is a native Idahoan. He graduated from Lake City High School in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, earned an associate of arts degree in political science from North Idaho College, received a degree in international business from Gonzaga University, engaged in family business of specialty construction tools for 17 years, serving as vice president and eventually president and CEO before selling the company in 2019. He is also the founding member of a homeschool co-op where he taught economics, government, and leadership classes and coached the debate club for high school age students. He also served his local church as treasurer, elder, advisor, and is currently an Idaho state senator in District 4. He is married to his wife, Alicia, and they have five children. Ben, welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here with you.
0: We're excited to have you and hear more of your story. I've just shared a brief background about you. If you could just elaborate more on your story and how you came to be an Idaho State Senator. Certainly,
1: happy to. So I was born and raised in Idaho. My mother was a school teacher. My father's a physical therapist. And I grew up, you know, fly fishing the rivers of Idaho and joined the outdoors. I went to private school in my younger years, in eighth grade, I started going to public school and like you said, I went to Lake City High School, where I graduated, I was really involved in sports. I'd say one of my first major adversities was when I was going to school there, I was in football, I was starting on varsity as a junior and I blew my knee out and that changed my trajectory. I was really into sports, I was doing track and basketball and football and suddenly I couldn't do that. So. I shifted towards business club and speech and debate and those types of things. And I think that it ended up being really a beautiful shift that has helped me my whole life. After high school, I went to North Idaho College. I got involved in the student government there. I was the uh, senator, then a vice president, and president of the student government at NIC. And man, learned so much through that process. I shifted from political science to, to international business, partially because I started a family fairly young. I was 22 when I got married, and I figured that I probably wasn't gonna make very good money in political science. So I shifted my major to international business, which served me really well, because my wife's father started inventing tools while I was dating her. And so when I got married to her and started going to business school, I actually wrote the business plan for the company and uh, launched the business with my in-laws when I graduated. And they always joke about that on the way to my graduation party, they were trying to decide whether to give me 30% of the family business or a watch because the watch was worth more at that point. (laughs) So, but opportunity obviously is, what a young person is looking for. And it gave me a great opportunity to be able to use my degree. And at one point we were exporting over 50% of our products for exports. So I definitely used my international business degree in that company.
0: Tell me about that company. Your father-in-law, you said invented tools. What type of tools were these tools?
1: So he was a flooring contractor for many years and he got hired by a manufacturer of laminate flooring. A lot of people would know it as Pergo. Yep but he got hired when it was a new category in the US and he was a flooring installer. So he had the the background in that, and he'd go around and train people how to install this new type of flooring. In the process, he kept on seeing issues in the industry that need to be solved. So that's the impetus of him being able to start developing products as solution to what he found when he was going on the road.
0: So what's an example of one of these tools that he developed?
1: yeah the first tool was a little tiny hand tool and it uh so it's tongue and groove flooring and you essentially pound the tongue into the groove at that point you'd glue it and then pound it together the tongue would often be swollen or damaged and that whole board was trash as soon as there was any damage on the tongue so he created a tool that resized the tongue that was his first tool and that was patented Second tool, which was also patented, was a strapping system that would hold the boards together while the glue set. And interestingly, we launched the company with all of our financial projections based on those two products and how much money they would generate. And what year were you launching it? That was 2002, I believe. Okay. And literally within a few months of us launching, Click Flooring was introduced on the market and those two products were obsolete. Wow. So suddenly all of our projections are crashed because the market's changed. Fortunately, we had invested in another product and then developing yet another innovative product that cut the floor. And that ended up being our flagship product that really launched our company into a, a major worldwide success. So that was like a guillotine, a super sharp fixed blade that would slice through different types of flooring. And eventually we find out that it worked on siding as well to allow a dust-free environment for workers. And they could work inside the house instead of walking in and out. So it saved about 30% of a contractor's time, which is an easy sell, honestly. They'd usually pay for the product within the first two jobs.
0: Yeah, and I'm familiar with that tool that you're describing. In fact, my background is in construction. Okay, I, like you, got married young, younger. We started, got married at age 20, almost 31 years ago. And started right into the trades of carpentry and siding and framing. And that tool wasn't around in 92 when we got married, but I am familiar with the tool. I'm familiar with the laminate flooring very much so. Now, you probably sold at the right time in 2019, because I think that whole industry has been dominated now by the whole LVP and LVT type market, I would imagine.
1: That's correct. It has shifted. Yep. But you
0: basically were VP of that company in 2002 when it launched, if I understand right, and became
1: the president and CEO Till 2019 when you sold. That's right. And whenever I say I sold my business, so many businesses are sold in distress because they have to, we built it to sell it. We knew what we needed to do. We needed to have growth in our profitability and our revenue over a period of time. And then we needed to hit certain numbers. So it was a very deliberate, although it was God's hand in the end of what made it happen because we were competing for business with Lowe's to sell our cutters to Lowe's and the company that purchased us, they were competing for that same business. And they decided, I think essentially it was easier to, to buy us than to compete with us because we were the market leader in that category. So it ended up being just kind of a divinely orchestrated situation.
0: Do you feel comfortable sharing the amount of volume your company was doing at its peak?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, we hit 5 million was the key in revenue, was the key number for us to hit before we sold. Wow, That was based on some advice from different business brokers that we talked to over the years.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations on all your success there. And maybe simultaneously during that season, is that when you founded Homeschool Co-op? I don't know if you still are an active part of teaching
1: a lot of the classes there. Yeah. I'm trying to think. It must have been in the 2010, 2011 time period, I would guess that we actually launched that co-op. My wife and I and two other couples all worked together to launch that homeschool co-op, at heart of the city church, we called it Arrows. And it's still running, I'm not a part of it, but it's still going to this day. And I think it impacts a lot of families. I don't have the opportunity to teach there anymore, but I'm still involved helping my kids out with speech and debate. For many years I actually coached debate for a debate league called the NCFCA and that debate league I have two kids in that right now but I'm no longer coaching cuz I've just had to push a lot of things off as I took this new role as state senator. How new is
0: that role Ben?
1: I'm about 7 weeks in. Oh,
0: so it's very new. I did not realize that.
1: Yeah, I ran for office and in, in the state of Idaho it's essentially a 90 day session approximately the first quarter of the year is when we're in session. So I'm in the middle of that right now.
0: So you're in the midst of the hustle and bustle and grind of it, if you will. Yep. Thank you for your service to Idaho, which obviously indirectly affects all of us. Yep. Where is district four? Is that Northern Idaho? It's Coeur proper. Okay, good deal. So age range, trying to get a picture of like your
1: family. I
0: shared that you have five children. What is the age range?
1: My youngest is eight years old and my oldest is 23. Okay. So we have four still in the house and one who's graduated and out and very independent.
0: All right. Well, congratulations on launching one of the five already. Yep. You've obviously had a lot of success, both in business and to be able to be sitting here talking to me as a newly elected state senator there in Idaho and with your family and and your life and personal areas as well. But what would you say has been one of the keys to your success?
1: I think perseverance without a doubt is the key. We run into hard times and we drive through them with God's help. And obviously my wife is like the coolest partner through that process. But we've both just learned to persevere through a lot of hard ups and downs. I guess the downs would be hard and the ups would be great, right? But we've learned to persevere. And uh, I think that that's what makes the difference.
0: I love that you've got such an awesome partner, as do I, to go through the good and the bad and the challenging times with. Definitely makes a huge difference. Perseverance, that's a huge one though. I love that you bring that out. It's a key to really anything in life. And we've probably heard it said many times, there's very few things besides the free gift of salvation. There's very few things in this life that are really of great value that don't take perseverance, whether it's marriage, whether it's building a successful business, whether it's our health and fitness. I mean, you name it, right? Perseverance is key. So I love that you brought that out. What would you say looking back over your life? You know, I think it's easy to think that people that are so successful like yourself haven't had some substantial challenges in life. We all have, we both know that, but what would you say have been some of the more substantial challenges that you faced up till now?
1: I think the first one that I encountered, one of the biggest was when I was fairly newly married and we had a baby, we bought a house. We didn't want a house at first. We're like, oh, that's too much responsibility. We'd rather rent. And then at the same time, God kind of put it on both of our hearts and we both suddenly had a shift and wanted to buy. So we bought our first house, we started fixing it up. And after refinishing all the hardwood floors, it was an old house built in 1910. And I refinished all the hardwood floors. We worked really hard for about, must've been about two months. And we were staying with my wife's parents. So I literally finished the hardwood floors, put three coats of polyurethane on them, left the house and got a call at 3 AM from my father saying that my house had burned down. Wow. I mean, I can remember it so vividly. I was standing by the fence at the back of my house and it was just a smoldering heap. There was nothing, it was a complete loss. And so I'm standing there and I get stung by a bee. I don't know, I'm like, I thought this couldn't get any worse. (laughs) And And then I get stung by a bee, but I think it was a really hard time for us just because we were so young and we had so many dreams and we put so much into it. And then to just have all of that overnight just gone, was really hard
0: yeah how long had you been working on it up to that point and how old were you approximately
1: i must have been 25 probably and we've been working just pretty much non-stop for about two months on getting it all restored obviously we'd had to save money to buy it and go through that whole process, which is never easy with your first house. But the cool thing, and this totally goes back to perseverance. And my father-in-law, he's like, hey, you know what? You should just general contract it and build the house. He's like, you have the insurance money. And I'm like, I don't know anything about building houses. And he's like, you'll save a lot of money if you do it. So I took a trip to Maine, a sales trip to Maine. And I bought three books on general contracting your own house. I read all three of them on the trip. And I came back and we built a brand new house and it's ended up being one of the biggest blessings in our life. We still live in it to this day. Wow. How many years later now? So that was 2005, 18 years ago. And wow. we did move away and we rented that out as an Airbnb for a season. But now we've moved back a few years ago and it's been a huge blessing. It doesn't have the issues that an old house would have had. Right, right. So it turned out really good in the long run. How fun. So I've got to
0: ask, you know, as a former builder. Yeah. Would you recommend, in hindsight, owner-builder as you did, or hiring a contractor? (laughs) That's a good
1: question. To those that are pondering the idea, maybe some of our younger listeners. I think it really depends on you. Like You have to know what your skill set is. It takes a project manager, somebody who likes to deal with, I think, the numbers and the organization of general contracting. That's, I think, that's pretty natural for me. I had everything on spreadsheets and managed a calendar really well. And I had like, you know, three quotes for everything and subcontractors lined up and was pretty comfortable with that process. Ultimately, I was, I tell people that I probably learned as much in that year of building that house as I did in four years of college, because it's just hands-on. But I think you have to know yourself. You have to know your capabilities. Obviously, a good support network around you can be a big deal and you, you need to have that as well.
0: I was just curious your perspective, because I think different people are going to have different perspectives after going through that process. It's fair to say for most people, it's more than most people envision it might be
1: way more. I remember I was at a trade show in Vegas and I got a phone call. My drywallers were supposed to get in there because it was all dried in. My drywallers were supposed to start while I was gone. And they put a stop work notice on my door and it obliterated my whole schedule because, you know, it's a domino effect. Everybody's lined up. And so you get one out of line and then everybody has to try to fit you in somewhere. So it took a lot longer after I got hit with that. But man, it's worth it in the long run. In the moment, you will feel like the world's ending. But right. in the long run, it pays off.
0: Yep. But back to your house burning down as a young three years or so, it sounds like, into your marriage, just putting a bunch of blood, sweat and tears into the home and then to have it burned down. I could imagine that being a huge setback. You'd say that was a bigger trial or challenge, if you will, than even the business situation where like you said, you know, I don't know the details, but you said you launched the business based on two
1: cutting edge products of their time. How'd you say they were just outdated? With Yeah, the market changed. Yeah, I went to click flooring. So you don't have any glue together tools necessary in click flooring. Yeah. I mean, that was really hard for our business that... I don't know, it felt like we just put our heads together and we figured out solutions and figured out a path forward. In the beginning of that business, it was, it was funny. Cause at that point we were kind of feeling like we we're playing business, like kids play house, but we're adults. So we'd all sit around the kitchen table. It was starting in a garage. We'd sit around the kitchen table and we'd be like making plans with resources we didn't really have and trying to figure out how we were going to chart a path forward we didn't have like big debt load. We didn't have a lot of employees. So there wasn't as much weight right then as there was later. And we had another time and that's the second time that I'd say was one of the hardest was when I was, we had actually bought another house. So we had two mortgages, which usually I'm very fiscally conservative, but we'd made that decision and we thought we'd sell the other house quickly and we didn't. So we ended up with two mortgages and then our business started to fail at the same time. And that was probably the hardest time in my life. And I remember every morning I woke up at 2.30 a.m. and I couldn't go back to sleep and my brain was just racing. And somehow I thought that it was like a problem that my brain could solve, but it was something that was way beyond that, the situation we were in. So, but when I look back on that, Ultimately, it ended up being one of the closest times with God I ever have had because I'd wake up and once I figured out I couldn't solve it in my brain and I couldn't go back to sleep, I would have time of prayer and in the word. And I know it's strange to say, but it felt like the most wonderful times in a sense, because I felt God's comfort in a way and a a dependence on God that I never felt any other time in my life. And during that same time, as if that wasn't bad enough. I had a back injury, so I needed back surgery. And then my wife was seven months pregnant. And so I couldn't even like lift a gallon of milk based on the doctor's orders. So it was a very trying time.
0: I can only imagine. So let me get the picture of the business is struggling, a season when the business is struggling. This is a few years into the business. There's ebbs and flows. Anyone that's ever owned a business for any length of time understands that. There's highs, there's lows, there's good times, there's better times, there's not so great times. You had two mortgages because you were trying to sell the previous house and it hadn't sold yet. So you're making the strokes on two houses, still trying to gain some freedom, independence, success, whatever word maybe you want to use there. Meanwhile, you have back surgery, can't lift anything over a couple pounds, and your wife is seven months pregnant with your fifth child. That's it. That's definitely a challenge. Did you have self talk issues you were having to deal with during that point in time? I know eventually you... Got to a place where you said you felt God was the closest to you. Can you elaborate on that? Kind of what you went through and where God led you through that process.
1: It was very difficult. Yeah, my self-talk would be probably the normal things you have, which is you're kind of thinking that you caused this, and certainly, I mean, I made decisions that contributed to where the, the situation I was in. But there was also there was a lot of market factors. There was obviously my back. I was trying to like move some firewood and I think I messed my back up because I was being stupid and not like team lifting. So there there was things that haunted me, like why did I make these bad decisions? And then there's like a feeling of, I don't know, helplessness. Like I felt really, really helpless, but I felt like I was supposed to be the solution. So that combination, it was a, a really dark time in some ways. But then once again, ultimately I went to where we all find, peace and comfort. And it was in the Word so much that my, I think my son must have been like four years old then. And I was like reading the Bible enough and maybe explaining to him or something why. And so he took a Bible and he's just this little guy and he puts it on his head and he's like, help me Bible, help me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he like he thought you could absorb from the Bible, the help that you needed. But I mean, I had to go back to the foundation of my life of everything to be able to make it through that time and ultimately like i said in our weakness he's made strong and so i was able to recognize the strength of god and that i am weak and also i think at that time i was so dependent on god in a healthy way like so often we get like i'm going to do this independent i can make this happen and sometimes we can build up what our capabilities are but Ultimately, everything goes back to God, whatever skills you have, whatever talents, whatever strength, whatever energy, whatever time on this earth, it all comes from God. And so I think that gave me a recognition of that. That was really healthy for my whole life.
0: I can certainly relate with that. and I love you sharing that, Ben. It's such a great point and a great perspective for us all to be reminded of. Is there anything when you think back though, on the challenges? I know there have been other challenges that you've walked through thus far in life, and certainly, if we have the opportunity to live for many more months or years, we'll certainly face other challenges. But is there anything you feel like that could have better prepared you for the challenges, any one of them, but you know leading up to them before?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll say the other things that I ended up gaining that was lacking, and that kind of would explain that. I have a lot of good people in my life over the years and a lot of people pouring into me, but at certain times I didn't have the healthy mentors in my life that I needed. And so I remember one time where I was going through a particularly dark season and I had some issues with another person in my life that I was really close to feeling betrayed and Fortunately, I fortunately had a mentor and I went to that mentor and I laid out the groundwork of why I should be so upset and frustrated with this person and how wronged I was. And I was crying for justice. And I was like, look at this. This is not okay. And the mentor made me really mad. He said, it sounds like you have an opportunity to practice grace in this situation. And I went away fuming because I went in there looking for somebody to commiserate with me and somebody to encourage me, but he gave me exactly what I needed to hear. So, I mean, the things that I'd say I wished I had even more of or that blessed me the most or helped me through those times was really good mentors, solid people in my life that would speak what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear.
0: Man, that is a good word. I agree with you. I I would say the same for myself. I'm 50 years old and it was just, you know, relatively not that long ago, a few years ago, really in my early forties that I realized the need and the benefit of having men in my life that could be like that friend of yours. And I'm glad you're sharing that with our audience. What a great, great thing. How would you say that these challenges that you've been through have benefited you or even others up to this point. Do you see that as a benefit and an asset, I guess, going through those things?
1: Yeah, totally a benefit. When I look back, like we don't understand what God's preparing us for until we look in the rearview mirror and we can see the patterns. So every adversity that I look back on, I see as a preparation for me to be where I'm at today. And there's a necessity for us to go through hard things, to be able to be tempered, to be able to develop discipline, to be able to develop the ability to persevere. And I think of it kind of like weightlifting. We know that like when you're weightlifting, it actually tears the muscle a little bit so that it can be strengthened and that's what i felt like has happened throughout my life like each thing was something that made me stronger ultimately and prepared me for what god had next for me and ultimately right where i'm at right now i can see god's hand just preparing me for this place because there's a huge amount of pressure there's constant pressure from all these different directions and if you don't have principles that you go back to, and you don't have a solid foundation, and you don't have the strength of having to make tough decisions, uh, I wouldn't be able to do a good job at what I'm doing today.
0: I could see that. And I don't envy your position one bit, Ben, but sure to appreciate solid men of character, godly men like yourself that are standing up and taking on a job in politics that I don't feel equipped for. I know most people probably feel the same. So thank you for being willing to do that. And like you said, it is those challenges that have been the things that God has used in each one of our lives, whether we realize it or not, to grow us and mold us and shape us into who we are today. And and that's why I'm confident we're not going to go the rest of our life without more of them. I know I do want to keep growing and, and improving and being better able and equipped to offer value and help to others. And unfortunately, that's one of the hard things that we have to go through to to be able to do that. If you could go back in time and give your younger self, your, your teenage self, let's say some advice, what is one thing you may wanna tell your younger self?
1: Probably to not be afraid of adversity, to embrace it, to accept that things are gonna be hard sometimes and have less of a avoidance and more of a perseverance. I mean obviously i've said that i persevered but in the moment in so many situations i look for every escape route i was like shut the business down find another career go somewhere else and this is probably the same with us leave my wife whatever it is we have these thoughts that are like escape 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 right and i think until we learn the lesson that we just need to face things head on and with god's help knowing where our strength is I think we just spin our wheels and we waste a lot of time and a lot of energy that's not necessary
0: that's a good word yeah and and miss out on the growth opportunity and run from things that we didn't learn the lesson so therefore you know you see it i mean i can look back in my own life and speak for myself i can see it in other people's life you just run from one problem to the next problem whether it's from one marriage to the next whatever it is one business and not that we shouldn't leave a business that's failing or or you know start over again obviously there's a time and a place for that But like you said, our human nature is, hey, abandon ship. Let's just go do something easier. Easier is not always the right answer. In fact, usually probably it's not the right answer.
1: Correct. Yeah. I think we tend to, as humans, look for comfort, look for whatever's comfortable. And I'll say this saying that we don't really know what's good for us. Like what's really good for us is to be outside of our comfort zones, to be out doing things that are challenging to us. That's healthy for us. But human nature is like, what's the comfortable path? What's the easy way?
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: All growth, I think, takes place outside the comfort zone. So
0: we can choose, you know, courage or comfort. Love it. What is one piece of advice you may give to someone else who is right in the middle of their house burning down or their business becoming obsolete or whatever their challenge may be today?
1: Inventory what matters most because what matters most is actually still there. When I was going through any of these hard times, I mean, obviously, I've talked about seeking God and being close to God. But then there's your family, there's your friends, there's your support network, the relationships in your life are the most important things. And so I think that sometimes we can either crawl into a shell and try to avoid those, or we can disengage. But I think the key is, is that we have to press in and we need those people around us and we need to reevaluate what's most important because frankly, if my business had failed and it was really close quite a few times, like you said, it's up, there's ups and downs Right. that wouldn't have been the end of the world. My family would still be there. And in my brain, it was kind of like, it did feel like the end of the world. But I think that we have to refocus, refocus on what matters the most. And that can carry us through those hard times.
0: Boy, that's a great advice, Ben. That It just puts things in perspective. As you said, reevaluating what really matters the most. So good. Is there a favorite success quote you might be willing to share that you might have or like that you might be willing to share with our listeners? Yeah, it might be too long.
1: It's the uh, man in the arena. Do you know that one? I do, but share it. All right. who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat.
0: Love it. Love it. Theodore Roosevelt. That's right. Theodore Roosevelt. What a great one. Just as we start to wrap this up, Ben, just some quick 30-second type questions and answers, if we could. Sure. What is one habit that you would say has helped you become successful?
1: I'd say figuring out how to turn adversity into opportunity. And I've seen that over and over and over again. I you I could list 20 times that I've had adversity and it's turned into the best opportunities in my life.
0: I love it. I love it. What is one of the best pieces of advice That you've ever received?
1: Hmm. My father always told me to embrace change, to not fight it. Because if you think about it, our lives, there's just constant change that's outside of our control. And so embracing that versus being upset about it, I think is key.
0: Such good advice. What is one book, if there is one, that you may recommend to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway audience?
1: Becoming a Person of Influence is really, really good. It's by, Zit Maxwell? It's just full of so much wisdom. I haven't read it in a while, but I've read it a couple of times and it talks about what true influence is. And I think that that's been pretty influential in my life.
0: Good, I love it. And what would you say when you think about the future, Ben, something that excites you? Maybe it's something you're currently working on, a project or anything for that matter. Just when you think about the future, they get you excited.
1: What gets me excited right now, And I'm just going to say the far future, in the near future, I mean, I just have all kinds of projects in the legislature that I'm working on, new bills, and I could go off on those. But in the long term, I want to gain enough wisdom throughout my life that I can pour back into the next generation by being a professor at a university somewhere. That's been a life goal from the very beginning that I felt like God put on my heart. So at some point, that means going back to school at some level or another. I don't know what the timing will be, but I I really want to teach at the college level. I
0: love it. Do you have any idea what you may
1: be teaching? Man, economics would be really natural for me. Yeah. I enjoy philosophy. I don't know if I could teach it. Sometimes my head starts to spin if I get too far into philosophy. Business, I love business. I have so many good stories from business and and good lessons that I learned. I bet. Starting and, and running a business for many years. So those are probably yeah the most likely areas.
0: You're a diverse guy. That's exciting. Yeah, a lot lot of different political science would be a blast as well. So right. Especially yeah. after one or more terms there in the state senate. Exactly. How yeah. cool. How cool. Hey, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you and follow along on your journey?
1: At this point, probably my campaign website, just because I have lots of ways to connect through that, and that's Ben the number four, idaho.com.
0: Ben, for the number four, idaho.com. And we'll include that in the show notes below this episode for anyone that wants to access that. Okay. Ben, any closing comment that you have for our listeners before we wrap this up today?
1: I'll just thank you for including me. I love to share my story. I love the name of your show, Life's Hard, Succeed Anyway. I think that's my experience in life is that It's been really hard, but really good. I always go back to the the scripture that talks about God giving us life and life to the full or life abundantly. And I think that what God means when he says that, I think that it's the ups and the downs. That's the abundant life. There's fullness in just embracing that.
0: I love it. I love it. So much good words of wisdom that you've shared. I've loved getting to hear a little more of your story. Ben, thank you so much for coming on here and and sharing some time of your day with us and our listeners. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thank you for including me.
0: Thank you. If you love this podcast, grab some of Alan's free resources on his website at alanblain.com, spelled A-L-L-A-N-B-L-A-I-N.com. You can also find links to Alan's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok there in his contact page. Lastly, if you can leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcast app, that will get these messages out to more people and it will really mean the world to us. Thanks in advance and make it a great day.